are completely tapped in right now in those O sounds. Do it again. No words to get in the way. singing it out too and don't let those words get in the way just oh with us for a minute feel that vibration in your body it's healing your body to vibrate like that in this group of people who want you just the way you are in this space who welcome you to a house and say that even your doubts are okay who invite you to a house and say, come stand with me while I reconstruct my theology. Come stand with me while I admit that I have been hurt by other people using God, God language at me. People trying to define my relationship with God for me. Sing oh oh. Clap it in your body. Grab the energy in the air and clap it in your body, right? Say that you agree. You agree. Wow, this is just crazy. I am vibrating at a pace that I just have not in so long. And there's a microphone in my hand. That's weird. That's weird. 
Um, yeah. Why we worship? We worship so that we can vibrate at the same appreciative, affirming, God loves us, we are here for a purpose, vibration, right? That vibration of love, which is a vibration, it's a smell, do you know that? It's a vibration, it's a smell, our bodies are constantly interacting with this thing called love, you know that song? This thing called love, I just I can't handle it, this thing, right? That's what I'm talking about. Right? And if we tense up, if we tense up and try to hold it, then sometimes it gets stuck. Right? So we've got to let it flow through us and cleanse all the constricted, stuck parts. Right? Whew, what am I going to talk about, Bonnie? <laughs> um, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, we have been asking some of the same questions. Who are you? What are you doing here? Why does it matter? And who are my people? Right? Who are you? What are you doing here? What is the point of it all? And who are my people? And your people will change throughout time. But you got to be a walking person, not pooping your pants and speaking an alphabet because of your family. Somebody did, even if it wasn't a biological family member. Somebody helped make all those things happen to bring you to this moment right here. My mom is here. Can y'all give love to my mom? Raise your hand. <laughs> she had no idea what she was getting into. Um, <laughs> I want y'all to just, no matter what your biographical story has been, <clears throat> you are a survivor. You are here because of the generations that have survived in humanity for centuries. Agreed? So you have survivor DNA there is survivor DNA moving through your bloodstream, pumping through your heart, passing through your center of spirit and compassion, moving around your brain and giving it oxygen. You have survivor DNA. That's cool. So for generations upon generations, you have been passed down both gifts and burdens. Sometimes a burden is a gift for a while, and then you realize it's a burden. Do you know what I'm saying? If you didn't choose it, it can become a burden, too. And so we have to have the power in our lives to be able to choose what we have been given up to this moment in order to redeem what was maybe pushed upon us. You see where I'm at? I have to choose the way I'm standing, sitting, being before you for me to do anything different. Because if I spend my time on this earth walking around telling myself that 
I didn't choose this, then all of my energy is still keeping that shape of me exactly the way it is. Does that make sense? So we keep asking these questions. Who are we? What are we doing here? What is the point? And y'all have come to this place for a couple of reasons, I bet. I'm not going to name all of them, but I bet one of them is that you somehow resonate with the Bible. Is that true? In some way, shape, or form, you have a, re a relationship with the Bible. It may not have always been a, a great one, but you have one, right? And you walked into this place because either you're supporting Bonnie or me in some way, right? That's cool. That's really cool. You wanted a community. You wanted to find like-minded people. You wanted to be able to love during, be loved during your transitions, yeah? All of that is really real. That's what church is about when it's at its best. And so we, we come to find our belonging, right? Who are our people? And sometimes we people grow on to do other things. Sometimes they grow on and come back, right? But ultimately, you're with different people during different phases of your life, helping you to feel like you belong. But if you give away all of your power to people to secure your belonging, you know what happens, right? Like, spoiler alert, you're going to be tossed in the wind and the sea from opinion to opinion about who you are and what you do and what you've done and what you used to do and why you're not doing that anymore and how come we're not doing this anymore? And you used to do this, but now you do this, and why did you do that? And how, Do you see my... And so <clears throat> in that space, if we give away all of our power to the people, then we're denying something in ourselves, right? I believe that we were told in the Bible, interestingly, that we are both spirit and flesh. We have a story that we are connecting to, a biblical one, right? A Christian scripture version, right? We are all on this long arc of a story, but you're also on your story arc from the day that you were born into wherever you came to be sitting in this space right here right? And there's a whole bunch of stuff along the way that if you are thinking about constantly is pulling you backwards into the past in a way that you could actually break free from. And it comes partially by choosing to learn from what has happened to you, to honor how far you've come since those things have happened and to recognize that you have a new set of tools in your toolbox, and one of them is this community. Isn't that cool? So cool, Bonnie. You kind of did a cool thing, Bonnie. So I promised I was going to talk about Acts, because uh, y'all are, I'm going to talk about the Pentecost, because it's all related to what I just said, which is really cool. So I'm going to tee you up here. Our very nature is spirit and flesh, and we have the same spirit, right? Right, so the spirit that's in me is also connected to the spirit that's in you. And that spirit, whether or not you want to think about it as light, because every cell in your body has energy in it, and it would make light. So does every DNA strand and mRNA strand. Like all of your, down to your core of the most smallest, even the atoms that make up the things that make up the things in you have all got light in them. Right? 
children of the light. Some people would translate the gospel that Jesus said, children of the light. We are all children of the light. We are all children of God. And we get to choose how we narrate that story. I love the last, the song, well, I loved all the songs. The music was great. But the song that talks about, um, oh, the one before the last one we sang. Free, no, uh, we, yes, freedom rights. But you get to choose. You get to choose, right? That's the, why the freedom piece is so important. You get to choose in any given moment whether or not you're going to narrate your story from love or from fear. You get to choose every single moment. I'm saying it again. You get to choose every single moment whether or not you are going to interpret your story through love or through fear. If you're going to do it in relationship with God or not in relationship with God. Right? If you're going to do it in relationship with that spirit that resides inside of you and is also connected to everybody else or not. And interestingly, that's a systems theory um, theorem that basically says that when every part of the system does what's good for it and the whole, the system actually operates optimally. So you are on your purpose when you are doing what's best for your system as a whole and for the community that's holding you accountable and that larger whole, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, that's the purpose. And you were created absolutely specifically for the place and space which you occupy. Your ancestors, your DNA, cooperated with God and gave you a whole set of genes, like 600,000 of them. And during your lifetime, only about 10% of those will come on. So your body is actually a tool of God. Oh, wait now, it's a temple. It's a tool of God to do something in this world that only you were created and specifically designed to do based on your story and your history and the way that you tell the narrative of how this is not the end of your story, but that actually, actually, if I look backwards, I can say, no, I needed all that. I'm not choosing it. I'm not saying anybody needs to suffer for the sake of learning, but y'all have, right? So you get to choose what you're going to do with it. Because you either didn't consent to have it happen or you consented, it doesn't make any difference. The point is it still happened to you. So we have to choose how we're going to tell that story from this point forward. Marking a space and time, like Bonnie likes to say, right? From this point forward, how are you going to tell your story? So I'm going to tell you a story about humanity told with this idea of going from uh, the Hebrew scriptures into the Christian scriptures that land actually right around now on the calendar. We're not quite there, but we're close. And it's after Jesus has already been, has died on the cross. Several people have claimed to see him. The stone is away, right? We're actually running around seeing Jesus in all these different parts of the scripture. And in this particular one, beyond all of this, we've got a group of believers, a group of Galileans who want to remember this. And they gather together in an upper room. You know the story I'm talking about? They gather together in an upper room. But before we can get to that story, we have to know one other little story. And that is, is that early in Genesis, humanity is created in the image and likeness of God. And then just not too many chapters later in chapter 11, Yahweh discovers the people building a tower up into the heavens so that they can make a name for themselves. 
hold that for a minute because, you know, in Sunday school, I think they told me that it was our pride that did that. They simplified all that and said, oh, it's about pride. Well, maybe that might be true. But there's this one people, and they had one language, and that's what they began to do. When they only had one language, that's what they began to do. When they only had one language, when they only had one way to explain things and couldn't navigate difference, when they only had one common language among them and no difference, no diversity, nothing but a homogenous group of people with one language, what they did was they tried to make a place for themselves. And so they built a tower way up into the sky. And actually it says, let us. Interestingly, God is multiple too, in my opinion. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you can go there, but you can also talk to me about way different ways to experience that. But if they can, this, if this is what they've begun to do, and now all that they plan to do will be possible for them. Huh. And now all they plan to do will be possible for them. So let us go down and mix up their language so they will not understand each other. And then the Lord dispersed them from there all over the earth. So this is an origin story, right? It's an origin story about power with versus power over. It's an origin story where in the Hebrew scriptures, God says, I'm going to do this right? Make it so. Make it so. And so, interestingly, we're split up. And so, in all the Abrahamic faith traditions, all of them, from Judaism to Christianity to Islam, Yahweh separates the people, not necessarily because we're prideful, but because they desire to call themselves one name and to build a tower to stay in one place. So at this time in history, people were more nomadic and less agricultural, and they were learning how to do agriculture, and they did it in their communities. They, did it in, they didn't do it in like, you know, Santos, whatever we have going on now, where we're making all corn all the time. I have many, many problems with that. Anyway, whoo, get me back in my body. Okay. Um, so at this time, people were more nomadic. So families would travel, right? Travel to see different parts of folks. And now all of a sudden, we say, no, we're going to, this is what we own This is who we are. We're going to build this tower up and we'll also occupy the sky. We will create a hierarchy so that we can see above the people just like God does. Oh, did I say hierarchy? Why, yes, I did. Oh, I did. Hierarchy, right? So that the people can get up as high as God and put themselves, a few of them, not all of them, over other people. Do you see why this is a tale of power over? So interestingly, our country loves this narrative. Um, And I can rattle off a whole lot of things that that created in our culture, right? Um, Dynamics of privilege and oppression, men over women, cisgender over transgender, straight over lesbian, gay or bi, able-bodied over disabled. You get the picture, US citizen over immigrant, maybe. And these unspoken cultural rules were formed in the fabric of our culture 
and in our institutions about what's right and what's good and what's true. It's a hierarchy of worth and value that influences our ideas of good and bad and right and wrong and even limits our potential and our possibility. And it's all man-made, human-made, and it's a lie. It's a lie. The culture will beam at you like you're this bodied antenna, even to your unconscious mind. It will beam at you a story about what a good fill-in-the-blank is. A good teacher, a good professional, a good woman, a good marriage, a good, right? And we'll put everything into a binary. You're either good or you're bad. You're either happy or you're sad. You're either in control, and if something's broken, it's your problem, or you give us your power, and we'll fix it for you. Do you see how this is a tale of power with and power over? This is power over right now. So we have to understand that, that part of the problem was that they wanted to make a name for themselves, a single name for themselves. So one culture, one way, one hierarchy, one name for themselves. When what we know is that it created all these identities that we may or may not agree with. If anybody just sees you as a single part of your identity, doesn't it dismiss the other ones? So who's the best person to decide for you who you are? Me. I am the one, not for you, but for you, it's you, right? Right. You and God, I hope. Because if it's all flesh, it's wrong. If it's all spirit, you might get locked up. Maybe even killed. I mean, that might happen too. But if it's in relationship with this body who takes up this place in this time and is doing this storyline from the time that you were born or even before then, because people tell stories about why your birth even happened in the first place, don't they? They tell this beautiful story about who you are. And you get to decide if you want to claim some of those. Like maybe you don't want some of the disease and maybe you don't want to have some of the addiction and maybe you don't want to have some of the sleepless nights because your mom never slept. And maybe you don't want to have those things, right? So we get to choose. We have to choose. And part of that choosing is, oh, this is true in my history. I can do a new thing in Christ, right? I can do a new thing. I can choose a new way. But Tamara, are you saying you're going to change my chances to get cancer? Not really, but kind of, kind of. I mean, if you are, have a history and you know that, and you work with your spirit to help you make better choices about how you spend your time, whether it's eating or exercising or, I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe it would be the thing that fuels you, right? So interesting. So in Genesis, Yahweh scatters us. But later, in Acts 2, if you're reading this as a whole arc, something changes. What happens? The story takes a turn. Pentecost actually happened on the Jewish, Jewish Feast of Weeks, which was celebrated long before Jesus ever arrived in physical form on the scene in that time frame, right? The Festival of Weeks is a festival celebrating the grain harvest and commemorating Yahweh's giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Does this all make sense to y'all? So we're celebrating Pentecost happens on the Jewish holiday that's celebrating the beginning of the synagogue. Are you with me? Yeah. So that was the birth origin story of church as Judaism knows it, which they call synagogues, right? Temples. 
And it was happening on Pentecost, which is after Jesus is already dead. And all these people are going, ooh, no, he's not. Mm -mm, I saw him. I saw him on the road. I saw him in my garden. No, he's here. So on Pentecost, these Galileans get together, and everybody who's reading this or hearing it would know that it was during the Festival of Weeks, okay? So on this birthday of the Jewish culture synagogue faith, everyone who's hearing the story in Acts would know this. And so on that day, this strange thing happens to a group of Jesus' followers. Now, pente means 50, right? So 50 days after Passover, on Pentecost, we are told that people from all over, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents, all these people with names you can't pronounce, right? Sorry. And, it, and it's important to be able to do that. And if they were all here, they would help me. But it's both Jews and Gentiles, converts to Judaism from all the ends of the earth, right, as they were concerned, gathered together. All of these folks, they gathered for this moment in history. And this diverse gaggle of unlikely folks were gathered together in one place for that festival all in Jerusalem, all around this upper room. Y'all with me? And included in the event was a group of Galileans, those folks who followed Jesus. And then they're in this upper room and the wind begins to blow. When the wind begins to blow in our gospel narrative, that means something. Hold on to your seats. We're going for a journey, right? So the wind begins to blow, and the people gather to see what appeared to be tongues of fire that separate and come to rest on each of Jesus' followers. And I would argue that it was coming down directly to their hearts. Fire. What looked like fire coming on the wind and landed in their hearts. And these Galileans began to speak and praise, and they spoke from their hearts about transformational moments in their lives that they were likely also sharing gratitude for their existence and the wonders of life and their relationship to Jesus and what Jesus was trying to preach about. And he said, I only do what the Father does, right? And he serves as an advocate, so it took a miracle to make that happen. It took the touch of fire and the Holy Spirit because something really cool happened across all of the differences of all those people from gathered to the ends of the earth in that space that could even hear outside the window and inside the room. They heard a message that resonated with their culture and their experience in their language, even though the person who was speaking didn't know how to speak it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the whole point of this. And some of us were trained to speak in tongues early in life. And what that means is I'm going to bypass my rational brain for a minute and just go, right? I'm going to bypass my natural brain and give myself an opportunity to let spirit flow out of my mouth and make nonsense. And some of y'all are like, okay, I'll never do that, Tamara. That's fine. It's fine. It's not for everybody. It's not. Holy. 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 <laughs> But when hearts are in relationship with the fire and the spirit within us, 
and we're paying attention to that whole, right? Humanity can, in fact, understand one another beyond our differences and our interpretations and our evaluations and all of those things. And now we're actually hearing the meaning of life in and among each other. Are you with me? When we speak from our hearts, when we speak from compassion, when we speak from connectedness, when we power with instead of power over people. Does that make sense? When I work in relationship with someone else and you get consent from them to be in relationship in the way that you're in relationship with them. And that, doesn't, that can just be in every conversation. From as simple as there's five of us, where are we going to lunch? Right? Are, do you power over? Do you just put in your thing and hope it works out? Are you helping to organize that little gaggle of folks? How do you make the decision? What is your part in that, in that what is your function in those moments when it's, the stakes are low? Because you'll eat again, probably. Right. But Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, right? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So if we're supposed to know, if we're here on this planet and we're, we have a spirit and we have a body with all these parts connected to it and we're trying to lead our system in relationship with God so that we can create something out of our lives and walk our path with God to our purpose. We have to accept where we are right now. Does that make sense? You have to accept where you are right now and send compassion to all those former parts of yourself that maybe were really hurt or who hurt somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we can get back on that path of love by choosing over and over and over again, love over fear, love over fear, love over fear. Because we know that when two or more are gathered and they're talking from their hearts about the wonders of the world, about the wonders of God, about the way that God has moved in their life, or the way that love has moved in their life, it becomes infectious. You create a new system. So you were just there by yourself, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, because I belong to God. Now it's me and God, even just right here before anybody else shows up. And then somebody else shows up, and their hearts are open, and they're full of love, and now you've created this cool little system of two people, and the love is there, and now something even bigger comes out of that. And then add another, and then add another. Does this make sense? Yeah, and if you don't have enough of that good spirit energy in the moment, come somewhere where you can borrow somebody else's, which is right here, I hope, today, which is right here, I hope, today, where you can actually gain from someone else's love connection. And interestingly, I didn't finish that scripture, and I want to go all the way through it, because you, you've got everybody there, right? understanding each other, even though they're from all these different cultures. So we went from God scatters to God unites through spirit. What? Did you hear that? God scattered the Babel, Tower of Babel, then God unites through spirit across differences. Oh, you know that reminds me of a church I know, Bonnie. That reminds me of the birth of a church I know. That reminds me of a birth of a church I know that is trying to tell this God narrative that includes Jesus through the arc of a Bible that's trying to tell your story of how you were able to make peace with your parts around your sexual orientation 
the arc of a story that aligns with this Pentecost group of folks, that aligns perfectly with what they were trying to do, which is to speak about the ways in which love has touched them across all differences. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> we can start a big clap. <laughs> and you know what? As long as you, as long as you feel seen and heard and understood in this place, that's what will create the, the mixture. That's what will create the catalyst. If we were all the same, we would be missing out, right? So it's about you being in relationship with those who are directing traffic, Right? So Bonnie directs traffic on Sundays and also gives a message, right? It's like an update and direct traffic, right? That's what, we, if you can be in relationship with those folks, church is all the more meaningful, right? When you can be in relationship with God, church is way more fun. <laughs> when you can feel what it feels like to have those vibrations go through your body without having to stop them, when you can know that you're loved, that you belong to something way bigger than this earth but that we're not to deny the body either. Yeah, really cool. You're not to deny your experience of what it means to be a spirit in a body during your time and place in this world. Yeah. And if it's, if it's repeated behavior that's hurting you, then accepting where you've come from first has to take place before you can be in relationship in the present with God about the thing that's really actually bothering you that's making you do those things over and over again. Yeah. All right, I'm going to land this plane, Bonnie. I'm going to talk about communion first. Is that okay? And then I'll give it to you. Just so we started with, you have the DNA of, thank you. Look, somebody's paying attention. You have the DNA of, you have the DNA of, and you also have a DNA that is grounded in love, Right? And you have chosen to hook yourself up with a story that has a large arc that the story's never over, that there's an eternal part of you that's also a part of you that's connected to God and everyone else, and that is grounded in love. If that's who you are, what do you want to do? It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You can actually go from here and start to write that story alongside God. You can write that story of the next chapter of your life with God in conversation, on the daily, checking in with this system that God gave you to see if you've got everybody on board before you say yes, which is what we've been doing in our workshop this past weekend. And I know I've done with the church before too. So I'm going to talk about communion for just one second. So who are we? Where are we going? So who are we? God and human, right? Who are we? God and human, right? Yeah, spirit and flesh, <clears throat> right? So who are we? God and human. Where are we going? With God. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of cool places to go. Where are you going? With God, right? In relationship to my whole self, eternal and material, right? Where am I going? With God somewhere that's going to use all of my gifts 
and redeem all of my life's history by making use of the lessons that I've learned that are going to make me not do that ever again. Right? Uh-huh. Where am I going? So that's my purpose. And then uh, what's the point? Oh, the point. Well, the funny thing is it's never a point. It's a point and a wave because that's what light is. And so we get to decide in every moment whether or not we want this moment to be something different, and then it hops into a wave, and then this moment. You know how you're trying to catch now? Like, catch now. Like, when? Now. Nope, it's over. Now. Nope, over. Nope, up. Right? You can't do now. I mean, you can do now, but then it's over. You see my point? You get it, don't you, baby? <laughs> that matters, right? So what the point is, the point is that it's never an either or. That's the point. It's never an either or. It's never about life or death. It's both and. It's never about um, this or that. It's both and. It's never about everything is more complicated than the duality that is being presented to you in the moment, which is why you have to choose life as you're also eating from the garden and you have the good and evil. You also have the tree of life, right, Bob? Yes, when we have love and when we have life, we make better decisions about being able to see above those choices that are being presented to us and say, oh, what about a third way or a fourth or a fifth? What about we include the people that are actually impacted by the decisions and the decision making? <laughs> oh, well, God does that. Why wouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we be working towards doing that? If we're living out our, if we're living out our being in this world, then let's create a world that actually looks kind of like that where the people who are impacted by decisions are actually consulted and, oh, consent to, too. That would be cool. Yeah. So what's the point? That's it. Your point is to live this life in this little experiment of being human as best you can, connected to the father. Connected, you, you don't like that word mother. Connected to the whatever. It, I don't like the binaries. It, it, no, that doesn't work either. The whole, the universe, Right? So if you can do that in relationship with the universe, then you're on this larger arc all the time anyway. So let it be fun. Choose what already happened to you and start having more joy. Because joy is resistance in this world. You know that, right? My joy is my strength. And this world wants you to give your joy away to them, and it's going to cost $9.95 a month, and it's a, it's a series on Netflix or something, Right? It's real. That's really real. Okay, I need to land the plane. I'm landing the plane. What's the point? Did I get all my questions? My type A's out there, which question did I forget? Is there one? At the very beginning. I think I got them all. But if I didn't, we'll come back. Who am I? Why am I here? What's the point? Did we get all those? You feel like you know something about that today you didn't know? I love that. Okay. I want to talk about communion for just a second, and then we'll actually do something like this. So I think it's so cool to do communion every week. And I think it's so cool that Bonnie has made that a tradition. Because I want to remember every single day that I both have God inside of me in the survivor DNA, in the survivor DNA, in my body, in my body, these external things can actually also be internal. They can feed me. And I do not live on bread alone. I want what these represent. So as we move into understanding, not just the literal, but the metaphorical and the 
parabolic and what Bob would call the fractal of the Bible, those are the things we have to remember, is that I don't just want the bread and the wine. I want the bread and the wine. I want the survivor DNA that's going to push me to be the best thing I could possibly be during this life's journey so that I die with no part of me unspent. You know the word redeem, like you redeem your coupons? If the coupons aren't, aren't redeemed, they aren't worth nothing. Well, what does that mean? It means that you actually have to spend yourself for something, and that's love. It doesn't have to look ugly. It can look really beautiful. It can look like whatever you want it to look like because it's going to use your body and your spirit to make it happen. So you've got your survivor DNA, and this body... This body that's being fed by uh, grain, you know, grain comes from soil. Soil is where we bury our ancestors. This is about a community that we're all taking part of. And I'm going to eat with you at the same time so I can remember that you all are a part of me and I am a part of you. And this survivor DNA keeps pumping in my blood. And this bread is going to keep feeding me, which is beyond any amount of bread I'm going to eat for lunch today. Are you with me? All right. I think I've landed. Come on up. <laughs> Unless you want to say something else. Beautiful. 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 <laughs> the point and the wave. Absolutely. Would you stand with me? As we prepare our hearts and ourselves for this time of interactive uh, worship and embodying the